You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. You know, that is an important reminder. If uh, if you are on Facebook, if you are on Twitter, to follow us there, to like our page. Uh, a lot of great stuff that we share on the social media uh, channels there, and uh, sometimes being on social media isn't uh, isn't a positive experience for some people. So it's nice to to follow those those good sources, those um, enlivening sources, those uh, uplifting sources like Real Presence Radio, and it's a good way for us to stay in touch too with our listeners. Uh, if you're just tuning in now, uh, Nick Medelsky broadcasting again from Wasika, Minnesota. I love this place. It's where we've uh, we've made our home here in southern Minnesota. It's such a beautiful community. The land of the fertile soil looks like another nice day of weather outside. Uh, but I'm inside interviewing. Um, and uh, this first segment, we talked with Deacon Jack Lavalla from St. Charles about baptism. And we're going to continue talking about baptism, as I mentioned at the start. Uh, this time, uh, we are going to be speaking specifically about how to explain the sacrament to children and how to really get them excited about this sacrament. And on the phone with us are Jake and Christy Untersayer from Buxton, North Dakota. Welcome, Jake and Christy. Thank you. So, uh, for our listeners who who might not uh, be familiar with the two of you, uh, could you explain a little bit about yourselves and your family? Sure. We've been married for over 10 years. Uh, We have five children. Um, We were both focused missionaries uh, assigned to UND. Um, And Christy was my team director for a year and uh, became good friends and uh, not married. So there we go. There we go. Well, beautiful, beautiful. Well, thanks. Thanks again for joining us this morning. So um, I'm I'm not sure uh, which which one of you might like to handle this one, but uh, how uh, do you explain the sacrament of baptism and its importance to your children? Well, there's a lot of different ways that we do that. Um, the nice thing about having a young family that's constantly growing is that you're always talking about baptism because you're always having a baptism. True, true. <laughs> um, so that helps. <laughs> They're exposed to baptisms quite often um, from our family and friends as well. So uh, I think our general principle with handing on the faith is that we just talk to the kids a lot about the church and the teachings, and we just use the church's language, so we don't try to dumb things down. Um, we talk to them about baptism being a death and a rebirth, a new life. We talk to them about it bringing people into the family of God. We talk to them about the sacramentals that are involved and the candle and the light and the baptismal font. And more importantly than talking to is that we try to have them experience it. So they see the baptismal font, they see Mm. the baptismal candles, they see us preparing for baptism. Um, We explain the sacred chrism, they get to smell the sacred chrism or things like that. We try to actually make it very hands-on for them, Um, even to the point of we have a little uh, mass kit, you know, one of the miniature mass kits, Mm -hmm. and 
My kids like to play with baptism with that. They keep a shell in there in a little bowl, and they baptize their baby dolls or whatever, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. yeah. Um, so any ways that we can make it tangible and real, but then we just explain it as we go through over and over and over again. So do they understand <laughs> it completely? No, but they're getting that foundation Every time they learn a little bit more, every time they learn a little bit more, or they remember these words a little bit better, like salvation or sacrament or the different languages, uh, words from the language of the faith. So repetition is also really important. <laughs> right. And I, and I think it's kind of funny because uh, the sacraments are so tactile, right? That's kind of the, the nature of the sacraments. We talk about them being an outward sign of inward grace. Um, but sometimes exactly. I think uh, people don't uh, connect that with, with children, right? That playing the sacraments, right, is probably the best way for them to learn about them. Yes, exactly. Uh, so um, speaking about those, those uh, particular symbols, right, we have water, uh, the candle... And, uh, you know, the the white garment at the end, the oils, all those things that we talked about with Deacon Jack just a second ago. How do you sort of explain the, like, the symbolism of those elements? So, um, yeah, and we explain them as though they're real things, right? So when you receive the light of Christ, you have an actual candle that you can light. So we have our children's baptismal candles on display in our house, and every year on their anniversary of the baptism, we pull that child's candle down and relight it and um, make it real, right? And the, uh, the white garment, is, you know, uh, it's just, we just continually bring them up and we continually talk about them and look at them and uh, and be, make a big deal out of them and make everything excited. So your children... Well, our children, for sure, are excited about whatever we're excited about. So, uh, if we love it and we talk about the flame and we get excited about lighting the candle uh, and rekindling the light, they get excited about it too. It's funny how that works, right? Kids are very perceptive, right? They can pick up on whether yeah. mom and dad are just doing something because they feel like they <laughs> feel like they should, or whether you know we're doing it because we're excited about it too. Exactly. Right. Uh, so, uh, you'd mentioned something, um, uh, Christy had mentioned something just a second ago about, you know, explaining to, to children about baptism being, you know, a death and a rebirth. And I know sometimes people are, you know, kind of leery about talking about death with children. Um, how does that, how does that work? Have you found that that's difficult? You know, does it seem scary, you know, to talk about death and rebirth and baptism, uh, with with your kids? Uh, for our kids, they have not had any issues with that at all. Um, probably because we're not, we don't find it scary, so we just right. talk about it like it's a normal thing. Um, we use a lot of language about from Scripture and Noah and the flood and how if you have too much water, you die because you flood out, and if mm-hmm. you don't have enough water, you die because you dry out, and, you know, thinking mm-hmm. about a desert or the crops in the field, if they get too much or not enough, mm-hmm. and and how that water puts us to death and then brings us that new life, and we just really narrow in on that new life, because death is only scary if there's no new life, <laughs> you know? Um, 
we believe that death leads us to something greater. So our spiritual death and baptism brings us to that new life in Christ, and it's a new creation. And they get so excited about that because they understand that God lives in them now from that baptism, Mm -hmm. that they can receive that grace. Um, you know, one of our we were talking to the kids yesterday about baptism, and one of them, we said, "Why, why do we baptize babies? You know, at, at such an early age." And one of our, our daughters said, "Well, because then they have the life of God in them for their whole life." Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, exactly, that's great. Yeah. So they know that that new life is so important. Yeah, absolutely right, and uh, I think. Sometimes, uh, I think sometimes people don't give children enough credit. Uh, there are times where I think, um, I know that they understand the sacraments and, and grace and things like that much better than I probably ever will again in my life, you know, because <laughs> there's just that, that simple faith of a, of a child that, uh, you know, there's a reason that, uh, Christ said, you know, we need to become like children if we really want to enter the kingdom and it's 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 just beautiful to see them get so excited right and so and ask questions about what does this mean what does that mean why do we say what's that fancy word i can't say it mom and dad what is that word so um, i love that about little kids our our oldest is is uh 6 and uh she's just full of questions and and it's it's awesome you know to be able to explain these things and to to better understand it myself i find right uh as i explain it to them and oh yeah why why do we do that why what are those words uh supposed to mean so um Mm -hmm. it's just such a great exercise but uh uh, there's some people who might um i don't know if argue is the right word but they might feel like uh, little kids might not be able to understand a lot of the the aspects of the sacraments. You know, we use such big words. You know, we talked in our first uh, interview with Deacon Jack about matter and form and things like that, kind of philosophical and theological concepts. Uh, what would you say to someone who thinks that you know maybe ah, it's too difficult to explain to little kids about the the sacraments? We'll just we'll just catch them when they're older and explain it to them when they're in uh, you know middle school and high school. Um, I found that. Uh that that's not true, actually, when working with children, that they have a hard time learning, figuring things out. Um, on one hand, they don't have a lot of complex worldly ideas to get in the way, mm. so they can hear the Word and understand it and believe it more clearly. Um, and so, I mean, even when you're teaching children, uh, there's that expression, explain it to me like I'm five, that people might have heard. <laughs> Um, right. If, if you if you can't explain it to a five year old, then maybe maybe it's an opportunity for you to take some time to learn it a little better yourself. Right. So the more that the more that we come to understand the sacraments and like baptism, uh, the easier it becomes to explain. And from a kid's perspective, um, but like, I, like you said, I think we don't give children enough credit. Um, uh, not just with our children, but we both work with uh, the religious ed program at our church, and hmm. the the little kids they just they just grab on and they just get it, um, and they I think it's that a childlike faith, and then I mean, they're programmed to believe their parents, so um, that's how Absolutely. they learn. So if you teach your child how to tie their shoes, they don't sit back and wonder it doesn't seem right yet. No, they just they'll believe you, and so right. you can start and get basics planted right away. And as they get older, develop that more and more. Absolutely, that foundation, that foundation is really important too. If you don't start 
early, because we've, we've worked with college students and high schoolers through focus, and we've realized if you don't start early in that foundation of understanding, it's actually harder to teach them when they're older mm. because of the worldly views and because they have a lot more critical or, you know, they're more critical of the church or different things that they've been affected by in their own life. But also they just, they don't even have the foundation of words like sacrament or scripture or anything that they need to really understand it. So you really have to start back over at at a child level with them, even when they're older. So um, we have found that just giving them that foundation when they're young, even if they don't fully understand it, but just building on it every year, um, makes a much bigger difference in their understanding of faith. Right, and not being able to, not being afraid to use the church's language, um, so that as they get older and they can understand things more with more complexity, they're not hearing words for the first time that they have to learn mm-hmm. definitions to. They can at least be familiar, you know. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, that that that's a good point. We we shouldn't try and and dumb things down. Kids are. Kids are ready for more than we really give them credit for, absolutely. Um, if you're just joining us now, I have uh, Jake and Christy on the phone. We're talking about the sacrament of baptism, and we're going to head into a break here. On the other side of the break, we'll talk about uh, godparents and uh, remembering our baptism. Stay tuned. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. The Mustard Seed Catholic Store is South Dakota's place to purchase Catholic books, gifts, and decor. With locations in Rapid City and Sioux Falls, we are here to provide you with gifts for the Catholic occasions in your life. From baptism to First Communion, confirmation to weddings, and ordinations, we pride ourselves in having local artists share their creative talents, making rosaries, crucifixes, artwork, coffee, and books. We are located in Rapid City on Main Street in the new Diocesan Building or in Sioux Falls on Grange Avenue across from Costco. When a bishop comes to visit a parish, whether it's confirmation or some other event, it's kind of a kind of a formal liturgy, kind of a formal occasion, but... When uh, when I get to talk on the radio, I just get to chat with, with whoever I'm visiting with. And we, we talk about all kinds of different topics and subjects. And people get a chance to kind of uh, hear my thinking on this or that, and different issues affecting the church and, and their communities. And, and so, yeah, it's, it's kind of a way for the people of the parishes to get in on the conversation, you might say. And when I do visit the parishes, I try to just stop and visit with as many people. Usually there's some sort of a gathering afterwards. And, and I try to make a point to say hello to everybody and just sometimes sit down and, and visit for a little bit. But this is a little bit more of an extended chat, a little more of an in-depth conversation and people can, can uh, listen in, you might say, and sometimes call in and ask questions as well. the number one nursing program in the nation, the University of Mary. Of more than 2,000 nursing programs nationwide, Mary is ranked number one by the National Benchmarking Service Mountain Measurement. 100% of our graduates pass their certification on the first try. And eligible nursing students receive their senior year of tuition free. Choose the best nursing program in the nation. Check us out at umary.edu nursing. That's umary.edu nursing. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, 
bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. And thanks for staying with us through the break. Nick Medelsky from Wasika, Minnesota, here with Jake and Christy Undersayer uh, from Buxton, North Dakota. And if you're like me and like to look at maps, I had to look up where Buxton, North Dakota is, especially since I'm sort of new to this part of the country. And Buxton is just a little bit south of Grand Forks, uh, which if you're not familiar with Grand Forks either... uh, Grand Forks is north of Fargo, so uh, just so you get your your geographical bearings as you're joining us on the air this morning. Um, So uh, before the break, we talked a little bit about um, great ways to, uh, between Fargo and Canada is what Eli says, so uh, that that is true. Um, That is is where Grand Forks is and where Buxton is as well. Uh, So... Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, some, explaining some of the, the the elements of the sacrament of baptism to children. Um, and something that uh, we touched on a little bit in our first interview with Deacon Jack, but could you explain a little bit about the importance of godparents? I think some people uh, don't, don't understand the importance of uh, choosing godparents, and some might even be surprised when, say, the pastor says, okay, well, we need a... We need a letter from uh, this person's pastor to say they're they're a Catholic in good standing before they can be a godparent. I think some people are taken taken back by that a little bit. But godparents aren't just you know some kind of honorary thing, right? Yeah, um, we put I mean we put a lot of thought into who we pick as godparents for our children because these are people that are going to be I mean partner with us in helping our children to grow as Christians or somebody that uh, hopefully will be praying for our kids' conversions through their entire life. Um, so we we try really hard to pick people that we um, know from our own experience are good Catholics that are living their faith daily and uh, intentionally continuing to grow in their own faith and people that we hope to have relationship for, with for a long time so that they can see their bapti- their godparents, uh, you know, at least so- somewhat regularly. Um, so they're not just a name that, oh yeah, that's right, I guess here's a card from my godfather that I haven't seen in, you know, in 10 right. years, but right. somebody that they can see regularly and know and have relationship with, um, and they can come for birthdays, you know, and come to celebrate their baptism with them every year, too, and... Um, so they can they can continue to grow together with their godparents as their godparents are helping them to continue to grow as little Christians. Yeah, absolutely. That's a good that's a good way of putting it, right? To to help them grow as Christians, uh, just like parents, you know, regular ordinary parents, right? Help you help kids to grow up, and of course, we help them grow up as Christians too. But godparents have kind of that laser focus on that uh, that development of uh, the the Christianity of the spiritual aspect of a child, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so we we kind of touched on uh, before the break about how the two of you help your children remember their baptismal day. Christy, could you could you tell us a little bit more about uh, that? Yeah. Um, we, every year for our kids' baptism day, we bring out their baptism candle. We have them on display, but then we bring them down and we light it, for our, usually for our dinner, um, and we light the candle and we talk about the candle and we also have a picture of their baptism out so we put that down 
mm. on our little, we have a little home altar where we put things that we're focusing on for prayer or feast day. Um, so we put those on the, on the home altar and we usually have a special meal. Um, and then we have a dessert and we sing happy rebirth day because it's your rebirth. So, mm -hmm. uh, we treat it as their second birth. Um, and they enjoy that every year. It's my baptism day. It's my baptism day. There you go. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It, it's important to make a big deal out of it. I, I was sharing during the break that uh, when uh, when my wife and I were first married, she's, she would say, oh, it's it's my baptismal day. And I said, what are you talking about? <laughs> uh, but growing up, you know, her mother had always made a point of emphasizing the importance of that day as, you know, like you said, your rebirth day. Um, so it deserves to be celebrated just as much as our, as our um, you know, physical birthday, right? Mm -hmm. we, these are things that we had planned to do uh, before we had children. So Christy made uh, baptismal candles for each of our kids and got a, a nice big altar-sized candle so that it's one that they can, it's not going to run out, you know, they can burn it for years and years. Um, oh, wow. And then she painted them to to match the baptism or the to match the Easter candle in the church the year that they were born. So each one's wow. a little bit different, and and they can look at their picture and see the the candle in the church and look at their baptismal candle, and it you know it matches, and it's a constant reminder of that day. Now that's that's really interesting. I think uh, not not many people do that. So so how did that that idea come to you, Christy? Um, actually, it was from a friend of mine. Her uh, first child was um, stillborn, sadly. Oh. And when they had the funeral, they used the Easter candle um, for his funeral, and they received the candle later to use for their children's baptismal candles, and they had oh. a, a sister nearby in a convent that painted um, candles, and so she painted a candle for them for their next child and for all of their children after that. Um, and I had actually called and said, could you paint one for me? And she said, well, I kind of only do this as a special favor because they're friends of mine. And I said, well, okay, I'll figure out how to paint it myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> Adventures so in Catholic parenting, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, but I really appreciated it, the idea. And then, too, just having a bigger candle so that we could actually light it every year and it wouldn't just run out. Um, was nice. So we just started with the altar candles because we thought the connection between the sacrifice of the altar and baptism is so strong and important. Um, we thought let's use an altar candle. So. Oh, that's that's really cool. And I hope uh, you know. And some some people might might not be um, you know aware that 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 actually would be an option that you could do, right? Yeah, as long as it's the right type of candle and all. Uh, that you could have your own uh, hand painted candle that you bring to, you know, to the baptism. So uh, that's 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 very cool, and uh, I hope some of our listeners might, you know, some of our more um, artistically inclined listeners <laughs> uh, might might take up that practice because that's really fascinating. So uh, thank thank you for sharing that with us. I I don't know that I'd ever heard of someone doing that before. So that's that's really cool. Um, any other advice or encouragement uh, the two of you could? could offer uh, to parents on how they can, you know, kind of make sure that their kids understand the importance of baptism? Maybe Jake, you can start. I would just say don't stop talking about it. Um, 
together and ask, you know, ask them questions. You know, when we see a baptism, we'll talk about it afterwards and ask them, what did you notice? You know, did anything, you know, what what was your favorite part about that baptism? Oh, that the baby didn't cry. You know, even that. So just that we we continually talk about it and we um, ask questions of them um, to, you know, to learn what, what it is that they maybe need to learn or want to learn um, that we can hear it right out of their mouth. So um, when I, if we have conversations with that, about baptism with other people, we'll talk about it with our kids too and say, hey, this is something I learned today or something I talked about so that they know that not only do we talk about baptism with them, but, you know, these conversations come up in the real world and they're going to come up for them too eventually, so... Not be afraid to talk. Remember, Don't be afraid. That's the biggest thing for me. So, just talk yeah, about it. just to remember that even when you don't have the right words, or if you are kind of fumbling through, it's still better to be talking than not. Um, even the catechism says that as a parent, your responsibility is to raise your child in the faith, and even your poor understanding of the faith is a gift to your children. Um, because then it shows that you're trying and you're working with them and learning and growing with them. So even if you're frustrated, just keep talking. Absolutely. That's a great uh, great way to put it. Jake and Christy, thank you so much for joining us this morning. After the break, we're going to talk about an amazing conversion story. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. 